Good morning. Yeah, so Davey mentioned uh, the, the students and everything. Normally, you will find me hanging out in uh, the commons area with a bunch of amazing middle school and high school students, and uh, it, it's so much fun. Like, I, and I know when I started this, uh, Davey said, I, I've been here pretty much since the beginning with my wife, and the one thing we said we would never do with students. That was an absolute no. They were petrifying. Like, I saw them, and, and they, they, they were scary. And uh, actually, the story is, I got sick one day. I was sick in bed. Davey called me, and he goes, hey, we're thinking, man, you'd be great at students. What do you think? And I picked up the phone. Oh, okay. Hung up the phone, went back to sleep, woke up like an hour later. Oh, man, what did I do? Best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, we'll make sure that you're more than equipped because God equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. So he is going to equip you. And if you are in for just an amazing time, um, come talk to one of us because it, it is life-changing. I, I think I get more out of the students than they get out of me so many times, and I absolutely love them. Uh, the last couple weeks, Davey mentioned, we've been hearing all of us. Uh, we, we've four-week series on Second Peter, and one of the things that struck me as I was preparing this week was how awesome God is. Because he has brought this team together, these people of completely different, different backgrounds, different life stories, different skills, and he's brought them together, and, and you've gotten to hear all of us share You've gotten to see all of our hearts, how much that we love God and love you all. And it's been different each week, but we're all presenting the exact same truth. And I know I have absolutely loved uh, hearing, I mean, I love hearing Davey speak, but I loved hearing Rich and Rod, and I hope you guys enjoy hearing me. But <laughs> so, so we started out a couple weeks ago, we confirmed the faith. Uh, the, the start of Second Peter is talking how our faith matures. We become more loving, more patient, more self-controlled, more virtuous, because we grow in that grounding in our faith. And of course, as we grow, the enemy wants to attack. I mean, that just makes sense for him. Stinks for us, but we have an amazing God who beats that. So we moved in, first we moved into the power of God's word and how we need to stay grounded in that because there is that attack out there. And that attack comes in the form of false teachers. They've perverted the truth. They twisted it. And today we're going to see what happens when we bring it all together. See, uh, perversion of truth honestly comes super easily. You miss that key word. You miss that slight phrase. And all of a sudden... You're saying something completely different. I mean, we literally just saw it. I missed the words full time, and I gave an incorrect like, response, basically. So we're going to pray, and then uh, we're going to talk about that. Let's pray. God, just thank you so much for this chance to be here today. Thank you for the love that you have given us. Thank you for your son. The fact that we get to stand here today in victory because of your amazingness. I just pray that today, the message you want your people to hear comes out of my mouth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So like I said, perversion of truth comes pretty easy. 
Um, it's that little slight twist, and we end up following a wrong track. And unless you're cognizant, it's a small thing that happens. So I think if you guys have been around me, you know that uh, I have an almost three-year-old. Her name's Callie, and she is like 90% of my examples because she is amazing. <laughs> but also, if you have been around her for more than five minutes, you know her favorite phrase is, Dado, I want snacks. Just what it is. She eats endlessly. So we're in the kitchen, and every day, it's always while I'm making dinner, she pops up beside the pantry, she looks at the pantry, and then she looks at me, and she goes, Dado, I want snacks. Sweetheart, I love you, but I'm making dinner. Can you wait? Okay. I think we're good. I have presented the truth that there is dinner coming, and that she just needs to wait. So what does she do? Huh? Yeah, the ask again, absolutely. No, she does it slightly different. She walks from the pantry to the fridge, opens it, and tries to get some cheese. I go, Callie, what did I just tell you? Dado, you said no pantry snacks. <laughs> I mean, she's missing the point that I am preparing an amazing, nutritious, and delicious meal for her. Because she just wants snacks. That's what sounds so amazing at that moment. So she ignores the, the key there. She just twists it just a little. And she becomes enthralled with the idea that now she needs cheese. And she's fixated on it. And then we have to work through that, and it slows down dinner. But inevitably, she realizes how amazing dinner was. You become enthralled with things. when You become fixated on things sometimes. And a lot of times, it's that slight twist that we become fixated on. We're going to start in uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. It says, These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of follies, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh, those who are barely escaping from those who live in air. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Slavery is the state of being overcome. Slavery is simply the state of being ensnared in something, caught in something. Something that becomes our complete and utter fixation. And many times in life, slavery comes in the form of a heresy. See, and heresy, it, it, we, we actually defined that last week. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Heresy literally means to veer from orthodoxy, which, okay, that, what does that mean? That's a nice big word. It just means to veer from what's true, to be ensnared. It's veering from what you know is true and getting caught in something captive. It's getting caught in the bear trap. And, and no one wants to be caught in those traps. So how does this happen? Like, I think most of us here would be cognizant if we're walking into danger. 
like if you're walking and you're on a hike and you're walking on the mountain, most of you be cognizant like, oh, if I take four more steps forward, I will fall off. No one's going to walk right off. I'm cognizant right now that if I step this way, that is a long plunge. And that would hurt a lot. And you would all laugh. And that would be embarrassing. <laughs> but I'm cognizant of that because we don't do the obvious there. The thing is, when we look at the, these heresies, in verse 18 it says it appeals to these sensual passions of the flesh. So what are they? Well, they're lust of the flesh. That feels good. Lust of the eyes. That looks good. And pride of life. That seems desirable. I want that. That's actually how sin entered the world. In Genesis 3, verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the, the flesh, that it was a delight to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and that it, the tree was to be desired to make one wise, pride of life, she took of its fruit and ate. We see the shiny object, and we go for it. It stinks. And it becomes slavery. As it continues on, we, we, we know that slavery is bad. And Peter talks about that in verse 20. It says, for if... After they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. Here is the good news. You are no longer in the bear trap. Jesus Christ has come and completely freed you from slavery. There is no ounce of it left. You are 100% free. Awesome. And we know that. It's up here. It's in the, in the old noggin. But it, it's very careful here. It says the word knowledge. There is a major difference between knowledge and wisdom. See, I can know something all day. I can know that eating fast food for lunch every day would be bad for me. I think all of us would agree if I ate a quarter pounder every day, I would not be healthy. Wisdom is applying that. I can know it all day and still go to McDonald's. Wisdom is the application. So how do we get caught up? How do we go from knowing that Christ has freed us to going back and getting caught in slavery? It's taking this knowledge that we have and not applying it. That's what Eve did. Eve knew that God was amazing. Eve knew she was in the perfect situation. She's in the Garden of Eden. I mean, it is perfect. And she knows all this. And she doesn't apply it. And her husband eats, and she eats. And they end up in an even worse state. They're told that you know, there's going to be now pain in childbirth. There's told that the ground, you'll have to work it, and it's just going to produce thorns. They end up outside the garden. They end up ensnared in that. The cool thing is, there was still hope for them. 
just like for us, there is hope. As we, as believers, are free. So choose to live free. That is your choice. Choose it. Freedom is the knowledge. The fact that you are free is the knowledge part. Choosing to live that way, that's the wisdom. I'm going to read two more verses, and then I have a great example of that. Because he goes on in verses 21 and 22, it says, For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the, uh, the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. You guys, a, a mire. A mire is like a, a marsh. It's like a depression, like physical depression that's a marsh and disgusting. Vomit, I think most of us know what that is. I don't know if that needs a definition. <laughs> It's saying, this isn't talking about like loss of salvation. No, it's saying it would have been better almost to, to not even know than to go back and wallow in a swamp. There's a story of a man named uh, James Hemings. Uh, James Hemings was one of the slaves of Thomas Jefferson. And uh, actually, uh, my wife and I, for my birthday, we went down to Monticello. I'm a huge history nerd, and it was amazing. I had never been there, even though I lived, what, an hour away, and it was awesome. And I got to read this story, and of course, me being me, as soon as I read a story, I go online, and I look up everything, because I'm a little bit of a dork, and I then get into the click hole, and that's a different story. Um, but James Hemings was one of the slaves. And James Hemings was the cook for Thomas Jefferson. And actually, when Jefferson went to France as uh, you know, a, a delegate there, before he was vice president, before he was secretary of state, all before that, he brought James with him. And James learned to cook amazing French cuisine, and he was an amazing chef, apparently. So when they get back to the United States, they... Thomas Jefferson and James Hemings have this amazing relationship. The only person that can grant his freedom, like James's freedom, is, is Thomas Jefferson. You know what Jem Jefferson does? He gives it to him. He not only gives it to him, he gives him money, training, and says, where do you want to go? I'll send you. There's such a good relationship. They had this bond. And he goes, I will send you anywhere. You are free. And James goes, oh, okay, I'm free. This is awesome. He chooses the first place. And you know where James ends up back? One day, Jefferson heads out, and James Hemings is there. What are you doing here? He had walked right back in to, to literal slavery. Thomas Jefferson says, dude, you're free. I'll send you anywhere. Where do you want to go? He picks another place, and he sends out him. And you know what happens? James came back. He kept coming back. He didn't know what to do. He kept walking right back into that slavery situation. 
He ends up in a mire. He knows he's free, but he doesn't know how to act on it. And the sad thing is, he never leaves that mire. James Hemings ends up committing suicide because he doesn't know what freedom is. Guys, there is a lot of guilt, shame, horrible things in this world. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, do you know how much guilt and shame you have now? None. Absolutely none. Zero. Walk out of the swamp. Go be free. That's your identity now. You have freedom. Why? When being giving freedom, we look at that story of James Henry, we're like, dude, why'd you go back? Because he doesn't know any better. Because he refuses to understand and apply the truth that he has freedom in his hands. Guys, you have freedom in your hands. Jesus Christ paid for every ounce of guilt, shame, everything on the cross. Your sins have been paid for. And you know it. Hopefully you know it. Now live in it. And when you live in it, guess what's going to happen? A weight is going to be lifted off you. Trust me. But there will be scoffers. There are going to be people that make fun of you. Peter continues, it says, in, in chapter 3, it starts, it says, this is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. I love that he calls him beloved, by the way. How beautiful is that? Man, he loves these people. In both of them, I am stirring you up to sincere mind by the way of reminder that you should remember the prediction of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. People can tell when you're free. They really can. When you walk around and you have this lightness to you, when you are experiencing joy and peace in your life, and when you experience joy and peace in your life and something crappy happens, that, that's, that's when that scoffer shows up. You're like, man, if your God's so good, why'd that bad thing happen? Or the other way I love in Job, it's like the, the friends come up like, well, Job, if you were so righteous and so, so close with God, you, this wouldn't have happened to you. Guess you're not. All a bunch of lies. Those are scoffers. See, the concept of free, freeing, freedom, can be confounding. 
Because I think naturally a lot of us want to do an action. We want to do something to earn something. The world has told you that you must do something to make your identity. And I know I personally have been there. Um, like I said, I've been you know, hanging out with these students for six years now, and I always want to be the best spiritual leader and guider for, for these students, for, for everyone around me. And there have been times where I'm like, I'm going to be better. And so, of course, I make a list of things I'm going to do. So I'm going to hang out with these five teens like every other week. I'm going to read my Bible daily. I'm going to text them every week. I'm, I'm going to pray every day. And I make this entire list. And I think most of you have done a list like that in something in your life. And day one, you get up. And you check every box, because you're awesome. And you look in the mirror that night, you're like, yeah, you're awesome. Good job. You go to sleep, and then day two, and maybe you're, you're really awesome. You do it again. You're feeling good. You're puffing up. You're like, two days in a row. And then day three, you hit snooze one too many times on that alarm. And two of the boxes don't get checked. Day four, oh, you get busy. Thursday comes around, you're exhausted. You didn't get anything done. And you look in the mirror, you look dead at yourself and go, dude, you suck. You are horrible at your job. You're a horrible pastor. You're a bad husband. Your kids are going to grow up and like end up in jail. The only reason Callie would end up in jail is she stole food. Uh, <laughs> That's got to be the first thing that I get a phone call for. for. Sir, your daughter stole a bunch of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> what happens is you start beating yourself up. And your identity becomes, you suck. Because you're letting your actions determine your identity. You guys know what that's called? That's called Slavery. Here's the truth. Your identity determines your actions. We act out of who we are, not who we are is based on what we do. We do what we do because of who we are. I stand up here, I tell you about this, because my life is flipping awesome. And it's nothing to do with all the cool things around me. It's because I am 100% free and loved by the creator of the universe. The dude made planets, and Brian Logan and loves them. Like, planets, Brian loves both. That's mind blowing. And guess what? You can put your name there. Put your name there. God loves Kip and planets exactly the same. Go, Kip! The amazing thing is when you figure this out, the weight comes off you. I got to see it just recently. Um, as, as you guys know, I work with Young Life. I was speaking with, with one of our Young Life students 
and we're going through Romans. And they'd be like, and we're talking about freedom. We're talking about our identity. And they're like, okay, so what do I do? You don't, you don't, you don't do anything. You, you, you live free in love. So, so then what do I do? All right, all right, let's try this again. Because you love people, because God loved you, that, that's what you go out of. All right, so how does that look? All right, all right, let's take a step back. And we went through this for like five minutes. And then I saw that light bulb go off. Wait, 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 wait. So just because I'm loved, I should go, like I feel the love, and out of that, I, I want others to experience it because it's been really cool. Yes. The, the weights come off. They literally, they stand up straighter, well, sit up straighter, and they go, well, then I'm pretty awesome. Yes, you are. Guys, I want every single one of you to experience that. Because it is the best feeling in the world. It's your choice, though. It's your choice to live free. And at some point, we run out of options and we run out of time. Verses 5 through 8 says, For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by, mean, by means of these, the world that has then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. God has promised that this is a finite timeline. Not only at some point are, are we all going to physically die, that is going to happen. None of us here are, you know, physically immortal. But the world at some point ends. I always ask my student, when, when does eternity start? Eternity starts now and goes on forever. Eternity has already started. You are just inserting yourself into eternity. Now, for me, if I am enjoying freedom, I would like to start that now, not two weeks from now. Like if I told you, hey, you're going to get like the best thing ever. Do you want it now or in two weeks? Who's saying now? Or who's saying two weeks from now? Everyone's saying now. If I ask Callie, do you want Chick-fil-A today or tomorrow? She's saying today. It's closed. It's Sunday. Actually, if you ask her about it, she'll say it's because it's the Lord's Day. And she'll say it just like that. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, like I said, all my examples are my three-year-old. But guys, it says judgment comes. Judgment comes. And that is a harsh word. Guys, this is not to be a fear message. This is a message of hope. Because there's one of two options. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. You know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We're not just talking about hell insurance. We are talking about the fact that you have this amazing relationship with the God that created the universe and you now have complete and utter freedom. So option one is you look at judgment and you go, that, that's completely okay because on the cross, my sins were taken. I am free of guilt and shame. 
Zero guilt, zero shame. Judgment's a, a word that no longer applies to you because when God sees you, he sees his son. Option two is the other. Option two is that God is going to judge you by every action. And I guarantee at some point, you have been a slave to something ungodly in your life. We all have. You are not alone. We'll be judged by that. Guys, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you something. The keys to freedom are available. Take it. Don't walk out of here and go home and live another day where things are perfect. Because when we have the right view of perfection, the fact that God loves you and he sent his son to die for you, that's perfect. And living every day in that is so amazing. Don't walk out of here not knowing that. Because then, when the word judgment comes, it don't mean a thing. Because the judgment was passed on the cross. There's no more fear. Guys, he, he desires freedom for you. In verse 8, it says, But do not overlook this fact, that, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. He, he looks at, the, there's no timeline for God. And then it says, The Lord is slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any of you should perish. He's patient towards you. You know what he wants? He wants individual relationship with you. Think of that. God. He knows everything. He knows everything. And he looks at you. He looks at all the baggage. He looks at every good thing you've done. He looks at every bad thing you've done. You could have done the worst thing possible. Man. I love that verse. There's an exercise I've, I've, I did with um, my high school group, and actually, I just, I didn't have it in my notes, but I, I feel I'm just going to do it now. Guys, I want you to answer a question to yourself. How does God feel about you this week? Does he feel great? Does he go, oh, man. Billy, you could be doing a little better. How does God feel about you? Question two. How does God feel about his son, Jesus Christ? I think all of us have the same answer there. He's awesome. If your answers are different, missing the point. Your answers are different. You're missing the point. He looks at you. He's his son. 
And we're told in Matthew, he goes, that is my son who I am well pleased. He says, that's my son. I'm well pleased with him. That's my daughter. I am well pleased with her. And that applies to everyone here. He desires for you respond. But the day of the Lord come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Guys, you have to act at some point. You can't just sit there all day. Letting time go by. Gotta come soon. So what do we do? So that's the big thing. What do we do? We all like actions, right? Well, number one, since all things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in the lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm excited about that. So what do we do? We, we got to transform the way we think. In Romans 12, too, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Guys, we just focus on the right things. We wait patiently because this is a blip on the radar. You're here, you're gone, that's it, boom. This goes quick. And guess what? Forever, you get new heaven and new earth. I like new heaven and new earth. That sounds awesome. You get eternity with God. So if you know Jesus Christ as your, you know, your Lord and Savior, you are free, so choose to live in it. You're free, choose to live in it, and living in it is loving him and loving others. That's it. There's your entire action. And if you're doing that, you're awesome. And even if you're not doing that, you're really awesome too. I'll tell each and every one of you that. We'll make a line. Guys, enjoy life. Enjoy the life you have with him. If you don't know Jesus, here's the presentation. God so loved the earth that he sent his only son to die so that you may be free. I want you to put your name there. For God so loved Brian Logan that he sent his son to die that I will not perish but have everlasting life and live completely free. Guys, if you do not know the love of Jesus, it's as simple as that. You can be free. So choose freedom. Let's pray.
Lord, I just thank you for this amazing day. I thank you for the fact that we have complete and utter freedom in you. Lord, we can look at heresy, we can look at false truth and just go, that's not true. Who I am, my identity is solely based on who you say I am. You say I am loved. Because of that, I am free. I am free from the world's perceptions of me. I am free from guilt. I am free from shame. I am free from so much that the world piles on me. Because you love me. I pray that every single person here experiences that love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.